Peter, should I be excited about this new plan for Penn Station? It seems like a good idea to expand capacity, but in reality, what does it do for you? It doesn't really increase the number of trains that come in or go out. I'm no world traveler, but I've been around the world. Um, My kids are the world travelers, and so I have to chase them around and bring them home from time to time. But the places I've been to and, and seeing some of the train stations in places like Paris and Amsterdam and others, it's amazing that we can't in New York have a quality uh, transportation center. Uh, obviously, we're working on the transportation system, but it's always a question that bothers me. I just, I just think that we deserve something better, and the service that goes in and out of Penn Station is maddening, maddening. It seems like these two things go together. When you've got the physical structure, it speaks to a commitment. And then you add to that structure the through service where you can get from point A to point B. And you don't have to transfer five times. You don't have to wait and wait and wait. And so you've got this beautiful structure that speaks to your commitment. And then you follow it up with the system and the service. So this great conversation this week with a really, really bright guy, Jim Venturi, who is the uh, founder and CEO of Rethink Studios and the head of an organization called Rethink NYC. This is something that will honestly make you rethink what not just New York City does, but Long Island Railroad, Metro North, NJ Transit, and I hate to use the expression, think outside the box, but compared to all the other plans that we hear, this is really thinking outside the box. It is very different. This week on 880 In-Depth, a conversation about rethinking NYC and most specifically Penn Station in New York. Welcome, Jim Venturi. Jim, you are the founder of uh, Rethink Studios, which is really the brainchild of Rethink NYC. Tell us what that is. Rethink NYC began about five years ago, and it it really came out of a sense that we can do better as a city, that there were all these projects that we saw out there that were really just solving a narrow problem but not thinking about the broader issues that mattered in terms of housing, in terms of quality of life, in terms of the same way the transportation systems in uh, a place like London or Paris or in Asian cities operate. Instead, uh, these major multi-billion dollar proposals were just trying to solve a single problem in the most narrow way possible for the least amount of money And in the end, they became very expensive because the bang for the buck was lousy. And so what we started to do was take these different projects and think about them as a whole and then think, well, if we thought of them as a whole with the overall goals, how could you redevise them in a way that cost the same amount of money, same overall budget, and same agencies, but actually do more for the city and the region and its citizens? Uh Peter Haskell is with us, and Peter covered uh, the governor at uh, Abney um, and his announcement uh, of a, you know big plans for Penn Station, which, uh, if it happens, 
your your plan's not going to happen the same way. Peter, um, can you describe what yes, the, governor's the governor is trying to do? is uh, calling it the Empire Station Complex, otherwise known as Penn South in a previous incarnation. And that would be to buy up the block south of Penn Station to allow eight new tracks. Your plan says that is not a good idea. Why? Well, I was a big fan of the, uh, the governor, and I, I still am, in what he did by uh, working to get Amazon here in Long Island City. I thought that was a terrific thing. I think it's a shame that, um, that the issues of quality of life stopped that from happening. People started raising questions about where are the people going to live, how are they going to get there. Our plan would send people through Penn Station and make it possible for people to come from Westchester, Long Island, as well as New Jersey, to work in Long Island City. But what the governor has done by adopting Amtrak's Penn Station South plan, he's adopted a plan that Amtrak themselves have said does not pay any attention to the economic development of the city. I've heard that directly from Amtrak personnel, and they're not ashamed of that. They're working for the federal government. That's not their goal. Um, but I think the governor should adopt a plan that is for the benefit economically and socially for New York City, and clearly that's not Penn Station South. So, so one of the one of the things we're up against in the city is just um, aging infrastructure, and so this idea of clinging on to this piece of infrastructure and just making it better isn't necessarily thinking big, is it? Well, I think I think Penn Station is really important, and it needs to be the best it can be. One of the frustrating things I find, and I think everyone who comes across the Hudson into Penn Station, is the trains go to a crawl before that happens. And that's because it's a terminal. It's a through station in its possibility, meaning the trains can stop there and continue onward. But the way it's being used is the trains stop and then they turn around. This means the trains have to crawl because the other trains are crossing each other as they enter. The way to fix Penn Station is to allow all of the trains to run through without crossing each other. This would uh, solve the essence of the problem, which is passenger overcrowding on the platforms, because you'd have to widen the platforms to do that, and the speed for which you move through the station. So it's important that Penn Station become better, but adding more dead-end tracks actually makes the situation worse. It sounds like such a simple concept, run the trains through. How easy or difficult would it be to fix the station, to renovate the station, to be able to do that? Well, we've studied this. Uh, it would require construction on some of the platforms, on the platforms to widen them. Do you the have the space? There is the space to do that. Uh, in fact, on our website, RethinkNYC.org, we uh, have a book that we've created that shows a step-by-step, 10-step construction plan that involves taking the train, uh, the platforms out of service while continuing to maintain the same level of service into the station today during that period. Once you widen the platforms, you can have more trains per hour that are using those platforms going through the station. And by doing that, you can accommodate the proposed new tunnels coming from New Jersey in the space that the station presently takes up without having to demolish an entire city block, including a very beautiful church on 30th Street that has a hist- rich history in the neighborhood that is falling prey to this um, this idea of that we should improve the city by demolishing it, which I thought was discredited by the time Robert Moses was gone. 
They tried that once with Penn Station, didn't they? Yeah. They demolished the beautiful Penn Station. Demolished the beautiful Penn Station, and what we have now is obviously substandard, and the idea that demolishing more of New York makes it better, I just disagree with. Um, Your plan, um, Rethink uh, NYC, uh, takes into account that we need the gateway tunnels. We need that improvement. There's no question that that's going to have to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think what's exciting about the gateway tunnels is it's a $11 billion investment that makes our plan possible. And But instead of just saying, we're going to build these tunnels and then not think further, why not have a gateway that connects to Long Island, that connects to Westchester, that allows the trains, like Governor Cuomo's train, the Harlem Line, uh, to be able to go into Penn Station? Presently, there's no proposal to do that. What we're proposing is that every train line in the region not only goes to Penn Station, but the new station in Long Island City, and that you have one region that's united. You also, um, your plan requires two states, at the very least, New York and New Jersey, to work together in a in a regional way. I mean, that's what this is all about. This is what's what's your your comprehensive proposal is regional unified network. Yeah. Um, Almost nobody gets to get New Jersey and New York to be on the same page, but it does make sense. And New Jersey really is behind the eight ball in terms of their train service at the moment. Is this is this a hard push for them? I, I think New Jersey Transit, as an organization, is vital to the people that use it. And often New Yorkers forget the fact that to the economy in New York, people from New Jersey are vital to this economy, and therefore it's very important to work together the way we do with the airports. Uh, I often use Newark Airport. It's in New Jersey, and it's run by our bi-state agency, the Port Authority of of New York. And we have a bi-state agency because we have bridges and tunnels and airports and ports, the foundation of the economy at one point, uh, that need to work together as a whole. And I think that New Jersey Transit is is integral to the region's health, as is Metro North and Long Island Railroad and the New York City subway. It's interesting to talk about New Jersey, and you, you say Penn State should, should not just be a terminal, but the run-through. Tell us about Sunnyside and Port Morris, where you want these new hubs, and Secaucus, which is in New Jersey. Yeah, so, I mean, all over the world, what's happening in London, for example, they're building Crossrail, which is a two new tunnels through London to establish trains from the west, uh, continuing through and stopping at multiple hubs where subways exist, and then continuing to uh, be connected to that to trains presently coming from the east that come into separate terminals. And this was done in Paris. This is done all over. Um, these hubs are places where the subway and rail overlap and add resiliency to the commuter rail system. So if you're coming from the Bronx, you could transfer uh, the way people do now at 125th Street, but in the context of Port Morris, or people coming from Queens, you can connect to a train that can get to the entire region. These hubs then lead to development around them, um, like that's already proposed, like in Long Island City. Um, and by doing that, you're able to be able to have a greater offering that can be offered to corporations. And in doing so, you don't have to give them tax breaks because they'll want to be here anyway. But instead, because there's short-term thinking, they have to give tax breaks because they haven't invested in things like transportation. 
And then I guess people, if they are building in Port Mars, they don't have to live in the neighborhood. Or to use the Amazon example, you don't have to live there because if you have trains coming from Jersey or the north, it just makes it easier to get there from anywhere. Exactly. I mean, uh, if you look at the Amazon example, Amazon has people in uh, Newark with their Audible division. Uh, I think they have 2,500 people slated for Hudson Yards. And then they had 25,000 in terms of Long Island City. All these places are where the Northeast Corridor and the main rail lines go through already. In the context of Long Island City, they go there, but there's not a station there. And where Amazon chose in Washington, D.C., is along the northeast corridor just south of Union Station. So they're clearly making a decision based on transportation. So we should get the most out of the existing assets that we have. Are, are we not thinking big enough in, in, in you know, you're a designer, that's your, you're an urban planner, that's, that's, that's part of what you do. Are we too tied down? Yeah, I think the structures of the governmental structures are based on a time before engineers were able to cross rivers. So you have a political boundary across the Hudson that now mirrors the agencies that we talked about, the MTA on one side of the river, New Jersey Transit on the other. And what happens is private companies and people don't pay attention to these boundaries. They're willing to invest on both sides. But because our agencies and our politics don't think the way our investors do, our people, our corporations, we're not optimizing the platform that is New York that people are investing in. And so to compete with these other cities and other regions, we have to have the best we can offer. And we're not doing that now because our political structures are getting in the way. Two of the big questions, what does this cost? How do you pay for it? And I guess do we have the money? You contend that if Penn South is canceled, that money can be used to build everything? Yeah, so what what you have essentially is four tracks coming from Queens into Penn Station that are Long Island Railroad. Presently, two tracks coming from New Jersey. The gateway tunnels, which is funding that's held up, um, would create symmetricity there. Now, Penn Station would have to be renovated. The platforms are too narrow, and that causes overcrowding, which means that people can't getting off a train and on a train at the same time. You need wider platforms for more escalators and handle more people. That costs money. But it doesn't cost $8 billion, which is the cost of demolishing an entire city block and putting a new terminal in, uh, a piece of transportation infrastructure that's already obsolete and has been obsolete for almost a, for over 100 years. Do you see Moynihan Hall being the centerpiece of this? I, th I think Moynihan has an important piece of it. Uh, it's important to note that tracks one, two, three, and four, which are used by New Jersey Transit, uh, don't connect into Moynihan, and that our Rethink NYC plan would extend those platforms so that the trains could both be longer and connect directly into Moynihan. Uh, Moynihan is a beautiful piece of McKibben-Meaden white architecture that should be adapted to the train station in its full area, as well as the Ninth Avenue side, which presently isn't um, done. And I think it's important to have good transportation infrastructure in part because the economy now requires us to attract people to come here. Corporations now are investing where the people are. It used to be the people would go to where the corporations were. So if we don't have an attractive place to come to and to 
commute to, like Moynihan is, then we're going to lose out and people are going to go to other places. And when they go to other places, the corporations will follow them. In your paperwork, you say population, transit, and development are interconnected. It, are we disadvantaging some portions of society, some portions of our geography in our area because we are not allowing that interconnection uh, to the degree we are? Yeah, I think that the idea that uh, we need to maximize our economic potential and do it in a such a way that we're so attractive, the way Apple does with their products, people are willing to pay a premium for them, that we don't have to offer tax breaks. When we don't have to offer these generous corporate tax breaks, people's property taxes can go down because all of a sudden the burden of education doesn't get just shifted to all the landowners, but instead can be handled evenly by corporations, not by them having paying a higher rate, but by having more of them to share the burden. So I think that the idea of having a good platform that's attractive is critical to quality of life. I want you to elaborate on something that you've referred to, and that is you expand Penn Station, you make that real estate more developed, uh, more more valuable, that real estate more valuable, more people come there. Uh-huh. If you disperse and you're in Port Morris and Secaucus and Sunnyside, what does that do to the economies around there and development there? I think I think that there's different those are those are all different places. You have Long Island City where you have so many subway lines coming together with Amtrak's Northeast Corridor and the potential to have Midtown hop across the East River, which is clearly there. By only developing that area of Long Island City for housing, you make the situation worse where the subways are overcrowded. But by putting jobs there, then all of a sudden people coming from um, the East in Queens and Long Island getting off there now opens up on the subways hopping the East River. Um, So you have potential there. In places like Secaucus and Port Morris, they're less developable as destinations by comparison, but you offer resiliency to the transportation network where people can transfer more easily. So uh, if, for example, the Second Avenue subway were extended into the Bronx next to Port Morris, then you would be able to be on the Upper East Side and connect Amtrak's Northeast Corridor heading either direction, for example, and such. So I think the idea of a resilient transportation network is critical in times of failure, but also in everyday life. And, and conversely, as a Met fan who lives in New Jersey, the seven line could come into Secaucus. Yeah, you can you can have have that have that too. Um, makes sense. Um, makes a lot of sense. What are the stumbling blocks? Well, I think the biggest stumbling block is mindset, and I'm really grateful that. Since we've been doing this, more and more people have been thinking in the same kind of ways. There are people writing op-eds for various publications that are suggesting either literally our plan or the same kind of thinking behind the plan, and I'm very proud of that. It seems like getting the governors of New York and New Jersey on the same page on just about anything is a challenge. When you're talking about money jobs, real estate development, taxes, it seems like it's going to be even harder. Is that insurmountable? No. Why? Kathy Wild at the New York City Partnership has been really smart about these ideas. One of the reports that they produced said our competition is not Jersey City, but Silicon Valley. I think 
What the governors of New York and New Jersey share in common is they want the best for their citizens and they want the best economy that can be. And this kind of scale of thinking about transportation is critical for the economies of New York and New Jersey to compete in the global marketplace. And both do better by working together. There's no one that loses. There was a an article that I read about your organization. I can't remember uh, whether it was the Times or one of the New Jersey papers, the Star-Ledger perhaps, um, that gave you high marks from the head of the Regional Planning Association who said that it, it's smart. Um, the only flaw that he saw was that you're not necessarily going to get everything that you that you want. You can put a plan together like this, but it almost never uh, comes through with everything that you want. Have you felt yourself um, change over the past couple of years and say maybe this isn't as important or or something isn't as important? Sure, your your ideas evolve, and and uh, and the person that you mentioned, Tom Wright, who's the head of the RPA, has been very generous to us. I'm grateful to him. He's a, a wonderful man who runs a uh, a large organization, and uh, we haven't always agreed with everything to do with it, but everyone's intention is on the the same page there. I think there are certain things that matter and certain things that are are less important. Um, I think a piece of infrastructure that harms the governor's plans to be able to recruit companies to Long Island City is against what the governor's trying to do. And that's something that we think doesn't make sense to compromise on. And uh, have you had any feedback um, or heard feedback from any of um, the state's folks after the Penn Station South plan was put forth on uh, in the Abney conversation a couple of weeks ago, because it seems like if this gets pushed through, um, you know, in this process of um, condemning the properties and getting all this, that's got to take place now if it's going to happen. So I guess that what I'm saying in in too many words is if this is going to work, it probably has to work pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, we're heartened by the fact that they haven't paid for the property yet. Um, There's been a lot of coverage in the Times and other places about the curiosity of building a new station without tracks coming into it from New Jersey. Um, and uh, I'm not sure why that is. I mean, given that the the biggest issue has been um, the fact that those tunnels are deteriorating and from Sandy, and that needs to get done as such a priority, wouldn't it make sense to put the money first into fixing those tunnels rather than to build a station that doesn't have um, any tracks going into it. When do you think, um, one of the last questions for me, when do you think all of this plays out in your vision? Does this, is this a, I know your plan goes to 2050, mm-hmm. um, but you know, could we, if we uh, started doing this in the next year or so, could we see these kinds of improvements, um, you know, as long as we got a gateway uh, a program passed and that work get underway, could we see improvements in, in a few years? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the idea that in the next 10 years, being able to get Penn Station as a through station, widen the platforms, let go of this anachronistic idea of a terminal south of Penn Station, and really build up the region, selling it to companies. This idea that uh, we can grow into Long Island City, into Newark, and use this transportation to create more investment 
and then more investment can lead to better schools, better quality of life for everyone. I think that's something that everyone can agree on. The last question I would have is just for commuters, how might this impact their lives in terms of commute times? You're saying, I don't need to find a job in Midtown if I live in Jersey. I can go east Hmm. or I can go north and don't have to worry about a two-hour commute. What is the impact on those folks? I think that's I mean I think that's a good point. I think that um that if we look at the existing rail lines in Northeast Corridor and places like Newark which have um have such a, a rich history but has seen harder times, I think that the repopularization of cities is allowing for public transit to get to places where there's opportunity can mean that people can have better commutes and we can attract more people. Jim, what didn't we ask you that we should have, that you want to add? I would say I've been doing this for a few years now. And if I can say one one thing is that um, when we started, we had a piece of our proposal was to close Rikers Island Jail and expand LaGuardia Airport in there. In other words, not just propose closing it, but paying for it by expanding the economic opportunity for the airport. And at first, people were dismissive of that. And we did rendering showing the expanded airport and what it could look like. And then others took up the cause full time, uh, the close Rikers folks. And if we had any impact in the thought leadership that led to the closure of Rikers, that's the thing that I'm most proud of from this effort, given how how awful that place has been for so many, uh, many who weren't even uh, convicted of a crime. And so I think that what I've learned from that experience has been that if you focus on coming up with ideas that are good, that are practical, then eventually they gain currency, even if at the time they seem impossible. People can find out more about it uh, by going to the website and seeing RethinkNYC.org. That's correct. RethinkNYC.org has our plan and our work. And thank you very much for listening and thank you for hosting me here. It was really fascinating, Jim. Thanks. What do you think, Peter? you think that any of this can take hold? You and I have both been around long enough to know that politics is miserable and you can't get the governor of new york and the city of new york to agree on something that they agree upon now you've got to get the governor of new jersey the mta and Shea transit it seems like it should be something that's pursued or at least seriously considered but with politics you never know do you think that it's possible because it makes a lot of sense that just this idea of a pass-through Penn Station as a transportation center uh, has a future? It seems so simple. And as Jim described it, I thought to myself, why don't we do this already? There is so much ridership and so little capacity. This would expand that capacity and better enable the system to accommodate the ridership. So if we get two downloads, the two people that I'd love to download and listen to this this week are Andrew Cuomo and Phil Murphy. And maybe they can tell us why it's not a good idea or why it shouldn't work. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.